Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Anyone ever been to Disneyland? Come on, give me a wave if you've been to Disneyland. I love Disneyland. I've been there a few times. I, when I was in Bible college, the guy who I was working for said, hey, we get to take a trip to America. And as part of that trip, we're going to go to Disneyland. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I was 19 years old at the time. He said, the only caveat is I have to speak. So you're going to take my kids to Disneyland. I'm like, okay, cool. At least I get to go to Disneyland, right? So I'll go and hang out at Disneyland. And then a few years later, we were living in America and we were coming back to New Zealand for Amanda's brother's wedding. And we decided to break the trip up by staying in LA and taking my own kids to Disneyland. It's an amazing thing to see Disneyland through the eyes of your kids. And just three or four years ago, I was invited to speak at a corporate conference, my first ever corporate conference outside a church to speak at. And the conference happened to be held in the Disneyland Hotel. And I learned very quickly that the difference between a church conference and a corporate conference is at a corporate conference, they don't care if you're not in the meetings you're not speaking at. So all I had to do was speak for 45 minutes and then I had a day free. I'm like, I'm here. Disneyland's there. It's like a match made in heaven. Then I open up my basket. They give you a little welcome basket. There was a ticket to Disneyland in the basket. I'm like, I'm going to go and hang out at Disney. I'm going to be the creepy 40-year-old guy with no kids at Disneyland. And I'm going to own it. As long as I stay away from the teacup ride, I'm okay. So I hung out at Disneyland and, and it was an awesome time. And 12 months later, I got to go back to the same conference and speak again. It's always a good thing when you go back. It's the greatest vote of confidence when you go back. Uh, and I spoke again. And the, uh, when I got there, uh, we were sitting there having a dinner with all the other speakers the night before. And there was four or five of us at the table. And one of the other guys who was a speaker there said, hey, do you know that underneath Disneyland, there's a whole world of stuff going on? There's like offices down there and restaurants down there and just under the ground, there's this whole network of tunnels of stuff and there's a restaurant in there. It's called Club 33. True story. Google it. Uh, it's called Club 33 and you, you can't make a booking at Club 33. It's invite only. It's for VIP VIPs. And this guy said, and, and one of the board members of my church knows the director of Club 33. So we're going there for dinner. I thought, this is awesome. I said, yeah, this is, he's like, no, 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 not we as in all of us, we as in me and my mate here, not you guys. I'm like, I've read Pastor Paul's isolating insecurity book. I'm okay, I'm good. So that night they went to Club 33 and I had room service in my, by myself. It was awesome. Uh, but then the next day there was four of us wandering around, four 40-year-old men with no kids wandering around Disneyland. It was awesome. It wasn't very creepy at all. Uh, and the guys who had been to Club 33 said, hey, do you know you're standing right on top of a restaurant right now? See that tree over there? That's not actually a tree. It's an elevator that goes down into the underground tunnels. See that guy over there? He's not actually a security guard. He's the concierge waiting for the VIP VIPs, of which you're not one of them, to go down to, to Club 33. And then we're standing at the entrance and there's all the general admission. And over there, he said, hey, see that cafe facade over there? It's not actually a cafe. It's the entrance to get you into the tree elevator to take you down. And we were walking over this moat, this, this big water uh, feature. And they said, see, this isn't a moat. It's actually the aquarium 
that is the entrance into Club 33. And I thought every Christian should live like that, that we see what is going on below the surface, that it's not just what I see and it's not just what I touch and it's not just what I taste, but there is things going on below the surface that God wants to give us insight into that when I have a conversation with someone, it's not just the words coming out of their mouth, but what's going on below the surface. Parent, when your kid makes a statement, the Holy Spirit wants to give you insight as to what's driving that statement, that there is more that's going on below the surface businessman there is opportunities that aren't visible to the naked eye but below the surface there are things how many know that apple was never apple until someone saw below the surface and we are yet to see the greatest apples of our generation rise up and businessmen god wants you to see what is going on below the surface when i walk into a room and have a conversation with someone God wants to give me insight as to what's going on below the surface. I'm going to give you my whole message in one statement right now, and then we're done. We're going to shut the shop and go home early and have an early mark. And uh, my, whole, my whole message is this. I can live bigger than myself through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Anyone thankful you're a part of a church who believes in the enabling of the Holy Spirit? I can live bigger than myself through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger than my current reality through the enabling of the, anyone in a season right now where you thank God, you can live bigger than your current reality through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger than my current resource. How many have a dream bigger than you have resource? Come on, how many have young people and kids that you want to develop, but you don't feel that you have the ability and the internal fortitude to do that? Listen, I can live bigger than my current resource through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger than my past. Come on, anyone with a past? I can live bigger than my past. I don't know if you've got still Pastor Marie's book in your resource center. It's called A Diamond in the Dirt. If there was, anyone, if there was ever a lady who checked every box as to why not believe God to have a great life. She was abused. She was addicted to drugs. She had tragedy. She made poor decisions. If there was ever anyone who checked every box as to why not, but through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you can live bigger than the past, whether it's your fault or someone else's fault, you can live bigger than your past through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I can live bigger than my gifting. Come on, anyone ever feel out of your depth with what God's asking you to do? I remember when I first had kids, I'm like, God, really? Are you going to entrust me with a human life? You're probably better off entrusting me with a car or something, but a human life? And I'm like, man, I don't have the gifts for this. And there are people in here, God's put you in environments to make a difference. And you're like, man, I don't have the gifts for this. <coughs> I can live bigger than my gifts through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Anyone ever met someone who's so gifted they make you sick? <laughs> Don't nudge anyone, makes it awkward, but come on, you're so like multi-talented, make you sick. Ever met those people? Give me a wave if you ever met one of those people. Like, is there anything this guy can't do? I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name's Brogan. Brogan is our South Worship pastor and Brogan uh, is an amazing guy. We love Brogan. Brogan is five foot four wide. Uh, he, he is a power lifter 
And about three months ago, Brogan won the national squat competition for all of New Zealand. Brogan is 26 years old and he now holds the record for the largest amount of weight to squat for his age group in all of New Zealand history. He squatted 370 kilos. That's like nine of me. You're all hateful. So Brogan wins a squat competition on a Saturday, wakes up on Sunday and leads worship. You're either supposed to be good at sport or creative, not both. Then I rock up the staff meeting on Tuesday. Brogan's playing the drums. Looks like he's going to eat them, but he's playing the drums. The next Tuesday, he's playing the bass guitar. He then writes a book on how to get stronger, then starts an online coaching business as a side deal, coaching people. He's so talented. I hate Brogan. I'm getting a t-shirt made. Brogan sucks. I've got one talent, people. You're looking at it. I'm, you're seeing it. Don't wait for another one tomorrow or Tuesday. You're looking at it. I'm a one-trick pony. But thank God, get Brogan out of here. But thank God I can live bigger than my gifting through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants to take you places and do things through His indwelling. Let me read you a scripture that hopefully will illustrate this. Acts chapter 14 verse 8 says this. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth. Don't you love the Bible who just has to underline everything? So he could never walk. <laughs> Got that bit on the crippled feet and the from birth, but thank you. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at Paul, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. I don't know if you've ever preached before. But when you're preaching, there's a lot going on in your head. I hear voices. Like I need to take medication right before I preach. I, I hear voices. One voice is, okay, what's your notes and what's, what's saying next and what are you got to do? The next voice is, they all look like this. And the next voice is, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? And where, where do I land this thing? And I hear, vo but the Bible says that while Paul was going through all of that, he realized and noticed that this man had faith. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how busy your life is. It doesn't matter how full your life is. Do not, do not uh, neglect the Holy Spirit causing you to stop and notice. I'm sick of Christians. When they get married, where are they? When they have a baby, they're gone. You know what? I love Mick Roberts. Mick Roberts, who's had a change in season in the last 12 months, but is down at our West Campus, emceeing this morning in the house of God, flourishing in the gift of God, doing what God has called him to do. Why? Because even in the fullness of life, the Holy Spirit can cause you to notice. Even when you've got all those four little, let's call them blessings, children running around at home, you can still notice. When your calendar is out of control, you can still 
notice. So Paul called to him in a loud voice and said, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, when the crowd saw, you know, there's always a crowd that sees. God always places us in a position where there is a crowd that sees. At school, there's a watching crowd. At work, there's a watching crowd. In your neighborhood, there's a watching crowd. When you're watching your son play tag football and laying on the ground and you yell and scream on the sideline, note to self, there's a watching crowd. Do you know why? Because God wants his church not inside these four walls, but outside there being salt and light and saying, this is who Jesus is. Bring it. The Bible says, bring it out the God flavors and the God colors. There's always a watching crowd. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes. Since he was the local chief speaker, now the temple of Zeus was located just outside of town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths and flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. When the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and ran amongst the people shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We merely are human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that God loves you, the one who created the heavens and the sea and everything in it. Do you know that God wants to take your regular life? God wants to take your day to day. God wants to enable you with the Holy Spirit to make a difference wherever you are. And there's three things that I get out of this story that God wants to do. This isn't a preacher's message. This isn't you have to be in ministry. This is a Christian message that I pray makes a difference in our lives tomorrow. That we do different tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way through Saturday, Saturday and say, God, would you enable me? to make a difference wherever I am. Father, I pray today that you would speak to every one of us. God, I pray for those of us who are brand new in church today, that we would discover a God who loves us and a God who cares for us. Not religion, but relationship. Not restriction, but freedom. Not condemnation, but hope. And God, for those of us that have been walking with you for a little time now, God, would we see what you want to do in and through us, through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when I live enabled by the Holy Spirit, number one out of this story, the Holy Spirit wants to enable me to see what is beyond my natural sight. The Holy Spirit wants to enable me to see what is beyond my natural sight. You know, 12 years ago, Amanda and I, we packed everything we owned in America because we felt like God asked us to and we moved to New Zealand and when we got there, I, I didn't move there to work at a church. I moved there because we felt like God asked us to. So I thought I need to create an income because I've got three little blood children who need, uh, <laughs> who need feeding and nourishment. And it's my responsibility, my God opportunity to do that for them. So I thought I'll, I'll go on. I'll go, I'll go and buy a house and do it up and flip it. I knew some people who were doing that. So I asked my brother-in-law, look, where's a great place to buy a house? And he told me this area to buy a house in that in hindsight was a horrible area to buy a house in. So I 
went down to this area to look for the house and I walk into a real estate agent and the lady in there, she had a fouler mouth than any sailor you would ever meet. Like I, I left my kids in the car when I went in there because I didn't want them to hear the language that would come out of her mouth. And she took me to this house and she said, hey, if you buy this house and just put a coat of paint on it and kind of tidy it up a little bit, then you can buy it for this much and you, I'd sell it for this much and you'll make X amount of money. I thought that's exactly what I need. It was like the blessing of the Lord had opened up ways. And so I buy the house half Halfway through doing it up, the meatworks in that town burnt down, which provided 80% of the employment of that town. So hence did the profit of my house go from X amount to X amount, like below what I paid for it. So I decided I'd hold on to the house and this lady, she felt bad because she'd overpromised and underdelivered in a horrendous way. So she said... <laughs> She said, look, I'll manage the rental of this house. Let's just say that the rental clientele in that area was less than Stella. <laughs> like I was on the phone with her every week or two for holes in walls and broken doors and stolen uh, hot water cylinders and all sorts of things. So we got to build a bit of a relationship over a six-year period. And every few months I'd say to her, hey, if you're in Auckland, why don't you come to church? She would say to me, if I go to church, the roof will cave in. And I said to her, I've got a friend in Adelaide named Andre who's in church all the time and the roof hasn't fallen in. You'll be fine. I actually said, hey, I've been in church a lot and the roof hasn't fallen. You'll be fine. Fast forward about six years and we've kind of talked every week and we've built a great relationship and her husband gets diagnosed with cancer. I'm standing at her house as she's asking me to do the funeral of her husband and I'm standing on one side of the bed, her dying husband's in the middle and she's on the other side. I said, hey, I know you think you know what I do, but you have no idea. And I want you to know that God is real and he's interested in this moment. And if you want to pray, you don't need to know the words and you don't have, the right, have to have the right articulation. You just need to say, God, I'm, I'm here and I need your help. With steel eyes, she looked across her dying husband and said to me, I don't bleep and pray. You bleep and pray. That's what I got you bleeping here for. So bleep and pray. If you want to know what bleep is, see me after the service. I'll tell you what bleep is. I said, hey, that's cool. I'll pray. Trust me, I'll pray. But I just want you to know, if you ever need to pray, just pray. Husband passes away. I do the funeral. Two weeks later, I'm at our South Campus. I look up. She's in the second row. Straight after the service, I go down. I'm like, what are you doing here? I, I, don't, I don't suggest that as a welcome team strategy. <laughs> like, it's not a church growth strategy, but I said, what are you doing here? She said, well, I've got nothing left in that town, and I've decided to move to Auckland. She's been at our South Campus every Sunday morning since that point. But whoa, whoa, before you clap, before you clap, it gets better. Three months later, she says, hey, can can I get an appointment with you? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So she came into my office. We had an appointment. She goes, hey, I've been volunteering at CAP, Christians Against Poverty. I'm like, okay. She says, I want to I raise some money. Do you, mind if I, do you mind if I bake some cakes and sell them like in the foyer after church? I'm like, we're not really the cake baking fundraiser type church, but I can help you get involved. She goes, no, 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 I'm involved. So, and then she starts talking about everything she's doing. I said, hey, time out. Can I just ask a question? Like, have you actually made a decision? Are you a Christian? She looked at me in those same steely eyes and she goes, I love God, I'm a Christian, move on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
men under authority and in authority. I know when to shut up. Yes, ma'am. So every Sunday I go down there and she's at church, and I'm, it does my heart so good. Three months later, she says, hey, I want to get baptized. I said, that's awesome, Pat. Well, I tell you what, in about three weeks, we've got a baptism service. Why don't, you, why don't you come along and I'll make sure I'm in the tank and I'm baptizing you. She goes, oh, no, no, no. The world ain't ready to see this body in a swimsuit. I don't want to do it in church. So can we do it before the service? So Amanda and I went in one afternoon before the service and we baptized Pat. I'm in the tank. No music, no lights, no nothing. We're just in the tank. And as I'm baptizing her, I said, do you love Jesus? You love Jesus. I'm baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. She had a little shock and she had another bleep come out as I pushed her down. Oh, bleep! So I held her under there a little bit longer, washed her off real good, like just scrubbed her down real good. And, then, and I bring her up and she's been in church ever since. A couple... Three weeks ago, I'm out south and I see her raising her hands in worship for the first time ever. She comes to me after the service and she goes, hey, I don't know if you know this, but my granddaughter, who's 10, has been living with me because my daughter's a pee addict. So I've taken guardianship of her and she's been coming to church for two years and she wants to get baptized. Would you baptize her? Ten days ago, in between services, I go to this local pool and I baptize Pat's granddaughter. I thought I was buying a house! All I wanted was a house. I just wanted to buy a house. Listen, you're not just running a business. You're not just in school. You're not just in your neighbourhood. God has got you there to see beyond what is in your natural side. You're there to make a difference. Number one, the Holy Spirit wants to enable you to see what is beyond your natural sight. Number two, The Holy Spirit wants to enable you to speak with the authority of heaven. To speak with the authority of heaven. Two years ago, I was sitting at my house on a Saturday afternoon. I was finishing my message for a Sunday like I normally do. My phone rings. It was a friend of mine who I knew from America, who I knew was traveling with Justin Bieber. And the phone rings. I'm like, hey, mate, how you doing? And we get through the chit-chat. He's like, hey, do you still live in Auckland? Obviously, we're really close friends. Uh, he said, do you still live in Auckland? And I said, yeah, I do. He goes, how would you like to go to a Justin Bieber concert? He's in town tonight. I'm like, well, I don't really want to go, me and 40,000 screaming 16-year-old girls, but I'm sure my girls do. He's like, okay, cool. Just tell me how many tickets you Ring me back, tell me how many tickets you want, and we'll organize it. I'm like, man, I'm going to get 1,000 tickets, scalp them out the front, and pay my mortgage off. I didn't. I went out to the girls who uh, were doing whatever they do on a Saturday, painting their nails or whatever on a Saturday. And I walk out there. I'm like, hey, girls, you want to go to Justin Bieber? Wah, wah, wah. I'm like, I didn't say Jesus was coming back. I said, Justin's in town. Not Jesus, Justin. Like, no, no, we're, no, we're in. We want to go. I said, well, tell me. and I can get some tickets. Tell me how many friends. Well, I want Emma and I want Melinda and I want Emma. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You get one each. So pick your favourite and deal with the carnage on Monday, but pick one friend. (laughs) So I called my mate back. I said, hey, can we get five tickets? He said, no problem. Here's Justin's PA's number. Justin's PA. I'm like, oh, this is getting good. So I called Justin's PA. I'm like, hey, man, I was just talking to JB. And no, I didn't do that. I said, hey, I was just talking to a friend and he said I could get some tickets. He goes, yeah, no problem, man. I'll leave them at the VIP tent. Mike is here. She can testify to this. I'll leave them at the VIP tent. My, my phone number is the password 
to get into the VIP. Whoever knew, Justin's PA's phone number is the secret password to get into the VIP. So next time you're in New Zealand, try 021, have a shot. You may get it. So I, I turn up and the lady at the VIP tent looks at me and she's like, yeah, general admission is over there. So I pull out the phone number. She goes, right this way, sir. I go to the front of the line. They give my girls Justin Bieber backpacks, Justin Bieber blankets, little colouring, no, not learning colouring things, like a hat that says, I'm sorry. I said to my middle daughter, you should wear that all the time because you are sorry all the time. Then they said, hey, I'm going to take you to the VIP entrance. We walk past all general admission. I'm like, peace out, plebs. Uh, I think... I think the Holy Spirit was healing all the Club 33 residue from ages ago. We go down there. I'm standing at the front of the stage and Justin's right there. Am I, am I telling the truth? Justin's right. I'm like, Wah! I didn't really. I didn't really. Maybe a little bit. And then the guy says to me, you need anything, just talk to the security guard, show him the number. I'm under no illusion that every door that opened at that concert had nothing to do with me, but who I represented. Do you know that the Apostle Paul walked past a man who'd been crippled from birth and therefore couldn't walk and said, stand up. No one had ever said to him, stand up. He was the crippled guy. He was the guy you walked past on the way to work, see if you got any change for. He was the, you know, every neighbourhood's got that guy. I don't know if I was like over here in New Zealand. Like, we used to live in this area where there was this older Asian gentleman that would do Tai Chi on the corner of our interstate. And there's a park across the street. But it seems good to him to do it on the corner. He was the Tai Chi man. Our kids knew him as the Tai Chi man. We waved to the Tai Chi man. I think we invited him for dinner a few times. Like, he, he was the Tai Chi man. Everyone knew him as the Tai Chi man. And, and there are people in your environment who are known for things. Oh, that's the broken person. Oh, that's the girl that just goes from relationship to relationship. That's the drug addict. But the Apostle Paul said to a man who'd never been called anything else but crippled, stand up. And the Holy Spirit wants to enable you to walk into your environment and say to crippled people, stand up. To broken people, be whole. To people who are restricted, be free. And it's not based on your ability. It's based on God's ability that you're enabled by the Holy Spirit to speak with the authority of heaven. Adelaide needs a couple of hundred people walking out of church today and speaking what God sees over people. Do you know what's going to grow our church? Not a bunch of religious people who go out there and give people the four spiritual laws. You ever notice that preachers use that a lot, the four spiritual laws? I don't even know what they are, by the way, but what our city needs is people walking out of church and looking at someone and speaking with the authority of heaven that you don't have to live under that anymore. But God wants to push you through. And it's not based on you. It's based on who's in you. You know that person at work that annoys you? I'm surrounded by them. People at my work annoy, they all annoy me. I wonder how we'd respond to them differently if we knew 
that God had given me a word that I can speak with the authority of heaven and make a difference in their world. Number one, the Holy Spirit wants to enable you to see what is beyond your natural sight. Number two, the Holy Spirit wants to enable you to speak with the authority of heaven. And number three, the Holy Spirit, band, come on back and join me. Number three, the Holy Spirit wants you to realize that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and he still wants to renew, but he wants to use you. Creation didn't finish on the sixth day in Genesis. God's been creating ever since. But now he uses his church. Why would Pastor Tony and Kath spend 25 years building what we now know as victory? Year in, year out. Victory in, loss out. When it's all going good, when it's all going bad, the stuff that they tell you, the stuff that they don't do. You know why? Because they've got a revelation that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create, still wants to renew, but he wants to use you. And this isn't a I work on church staff message. This is a Christian message. Why is, why is there week in and week out dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of couples who run groups throughout our church and throughout our city? Why? Because they've got a revelation that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and still wants to renew and he wants to use you. Why do these guys get up at oh dark 30 and come in here and rehearse and slog their guts out? Because they've got a revelation that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and still wants to renew and he wants to use you. Why are there kids workers out in kids ministry pouring into the next generation? Because they've got a revelation that the creator of heaven and earth still wants to create and still wants to renew and he wants to use you. About four years ago, I was at a wedding of our South Youth Park. TC, I think he's been here. TC, he's the really fair-skinned guy. He was here a little while ago. I did his wedding between him and his wife, Joe, and I turn up. Honestly, it was like the United Nations. It was Africa on one side and Albanos on the other side. And, and I, it was the funnest wedding I ever did. But at the end of it, we'd been in New Zealand probably four or five years, and at the end of it, I looked at Amanda and I said, hey, I, I'm finally home. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, see TC and Joe? I played a little part in their story. See, Birad and Zara over there who went through IVF, I journeyed with him through that. See that young guy over there who came in out of high school addicted to porn and addicted to a bunch of stuff? God has given me the privilege of journeying with him and seeing him become the man that is standing before us now. And I could see my life in other people's lives. You know the favorite thing about my job? Don't tell Pastor Paul, it's our secret. Not budgets. Not managing staff. Oh God, no, it's not managing staff. The favorite thing about what I do has nothing to do with my employment and everything to do with me being a Christian. When I get to engage with people and play a small part in their journey. Do you know that God's got something for you to do? This isn't a volunteer drive. This is a, a, do you know that we need the church more than the church needs us to fulfill what God has called us to do? 
we should thank Pastor Tony and Kath every day that there is an environment here that I can outwork the gifts that God has placed on my life. Because the Holy Spirit wants to use you. Let, let me read this scripture for you. John 16, I haven't been able to get out of this all year. Jesus speaking. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand, not push you, not demand. He will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth that there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he'll make sense out of what is about to happen. Indeed, out of all that I have said and done, he will honor me and he will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I've said he takes from me and he delivers it to you. This week, friend, Holy Spirit wants to take you by the hand and cause you to see things that you've walked past for months. Put a word in your mouth for someone that's going to bring heaven to their reality. And you're going to live the most fulfilled life you could ever live when you say, Holy Spirit, would you use me to be a part of someone else's story? To see them have creation and renewal. What was broken is now mended. What was restricted is now free. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 